Getting outside of your comfort zone might actually be one of the most cliche things you can tell someone who's looking to push themselves forward. At this point, the phrase has been beaten into the ground so much that when someone says it, the response is really, but how do I get outside of my comfort zone? Or how do I move forward? Or what does that look like? Well, recently I was awakened to this concept and the concept of different levels of discomfort, the ones that hold you back and the ones that move you forward. So today I want to talk about that as well as give you an update on my life and my business, open a conversation, and I'm excited to have you guys here. So thank you for being here and welcome to the Phenomenal Impact Podcast. You're listening to Phenomenal Impact, the podcast designed to help you grow your influence and impact online with your host, me. I'm Cameron Phillips, and for the past four years, I've grown a brand that has allowed me to get paid to travel the world, create media that I love, and share the stories of people and experiences around the world. Sit back and be inspired as we hear from industry experts, influencers, and people who have made a phenomenal impact on their industry. You'll learn the tools, tips, and strategies to create your own business out of what you love and accomplish your wildest dreams. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe for new episodes weekly. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Phenomenal Impact. I'm your host, Cameron Phillips. If you're new and just tuning in, I'm so happy you're here with us. I'm so happy to be on this podcast role right now. And I have a few exciting, exciting updates about my life and things going on with me. So kind of what I like to do here is have a bit of a casual conversation in the first part of the episode and then dive into some of the more concepts I want to cover in today's show. And I am working on getting some more guests because I love interviewing people. I love talking to people about experiences they've had in their life and their business and how that's transformed them as well as you know talk about the mindset piece and that whole kind of world but on top of that I just love hearing people's stories I was just listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with Bob Lazar who and if you guys don't know who Bob Lazar is he was one of the first whistleblowers for Area 51 in the entire UFO movement Um, wow we just took a deep dive here (laughs) I am really into the whole Area 51 UFO alien concept. I have been forever. And it's actually funny, last year, last August, when I was filming a project, we actually went to the back gate of Area 51 and out in the Nevada desert. And it was just such a surreal experience. I have a vlog from it on YouTube, which I feel like not enough people have seen. It was a pretty unbelievable experience. I mean, nothing happened in regards to like Area 51, but just the vibes of being out there. It was very very interesting so that's really a subject for a whole nother episode or you know go watch the vlog anyways my point in talking about this was that I love hearing people's stories and I love hearing about really fascinating things that's one of the things I really love about Joe Rogan's podcast is that he has these you know big individuals on whether it be celebrities or scientists well-known people whoever and or even experts in fields who aren't necessarily celebrities or aren't necessarily well known and they have these long deep discussions about different facets of life or whatever the certain topic is and it's just really really fascinating listening to people who really know what they're talking about and especially people who are really into a certain like niche area or around a certain subject and i want to bring more of that you know within the context of mindset and, and business and life and really bring that to this podcast. And I have a ton of friends that I'm looking to interview. And now that I am basing myself in Toronto for the next year, I am really going to be able to create a space that is more effective for doing that, like as in kind of a home recording studio, and just having that stability um, and that location that's really, really good for making that happen. So um, kind of on that subject, kind of where I've been for the past week or so, I went to Hawaii briefly And for those of you who don't know, which I guess is probably 
all of you, because I don't think I've actually ever mentioned it in a public sphere, I manage an Airbnb in Hawaii. And one of my family members purchased it two years ago, and we've been renovating it and created it into an entire phenomenal experience. And so we, I manage that. I deal with all the guests, the bookings, um, scheduling the cleaning, paying the taxes, like doing that whole thing. And I've been doing that for the past year and a half now, which is incredibly rewarding. And I find it like shockingly rewarding. I love booking people in. I love when people message and say, you know, like we've had such an amazing time. People flying from all over the world to go on vacation with their family members, their loved ones, and staying at our property. And it's it's crazy to be able to be a part of that experience with them and to have created an environment that can make people so happy and so relaxed and so you know, at peace with like the beauty and the magic of the island. It's like really incredible. And so we were over there two weeks ago or last week for the Maui Film Festival, which was something my mom wanted to go to, which was like, it was fun. It was good. You know, it was a good experience. Uh, I The problem for me was that I was really jet lagged. I flew from Toronto and that's a six hour time change and like 12 hours of flying, which is a lot more than flying from the West Coast of North America, which is, you know, a five hour flight and two or three hours, depending on the season for the time change. So doing that full six hour time flipping event really was difficult and the thing is about it like when you fly west in the evenings it's really hard to stay awake and we'd be sitting at these films at eight o'clock and my body time is like 2 a.m and i'm like oh god but it was a good event we also went for some renovations we were retiling a deck and we were um what else do we do new ceiling fans we pretty much renovated the whole place which has been a project and i actually on this subject i want to do a whole episode and blog post about the vacation rental industry and about how we've created this whole experience because there really is a bit of an art to it and it's all marketing really it's all like how you can present this space with captivating photos with captivating text and descriptions and copy and really creating something that people want to spend their money and book to stay at. I mean, it's big competition, you know, vacation rentals in Hawaii, it's a big destination market. Like there's lots of competition and you gotta, you gotta stay on top of that. So I think that'd be pretty fascinating. I'm going to put together an episode for that next week. If you guys would be interested in that, please reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter, Instagram at Cameron Phillips, and let me know if there's any topics you guys want covered in future episodes. I do polls sometimes on my story and kind of gauge where you guys are at, what you're feeling like listening to and making content around that. So that was good. It was a good time. Um, The travel home was also difficult to travel back to Toronto because again, the six hour time change going the other direction, which I think is harder because... When you go west in terms of jet lag, you wake up really early in the morning and you're tired earlier at night, which is actually kind of a better schedule to be on in general. I always kind of live for waking up at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and feeling like really awake and refreshed. On the contrary, flying east, it's hard to wake up in the morning and you can kind of feel groggy for half of the day or so until that kind of body clock comes around to when it should be morning for you. And, you know, that takes some time to come over, like, you know, if you or you know, three or four days to flip out of that, depending on what time change you're going through. Anyways, this past week has been a little exhausting, but it's been especially exhausting because I've also made some big life commitments slash changes. I signed a lease. Crazy. Applause. Studio audience. Just me sitting here alone in this room. Anyways, uh, yeah, I signed a lease. My first apartment in two years since I left college, which is crazy. And, you know, with that comes anxiety because now I have you know a new big financial overhead I have utilities I have fully committed to moving back to Canada which means you know healthcare 
insurance, things like that that need to be covered, my vehicle, my car. Um, But here's the thing. I've been living in Toronto essentially for the past year, but just not fully committed. I've been staying with my boyfriend at his place, which has not been the best environment for the two of us because it's small, it's cramped, we have roommates. And part of not committing to living in a place has kind of diminished my sense of home. You know, I love traveling. I love being around. I love being around. I love you know, traveling all over the world and experiencing new events and cultures and places and nature. And I love making media and I love being on press trips. And I love that lifestyle. And I was trying to do that at a full-time level and I still am. But the difference was for the past two years, I, I haven't had a home. You know, when I graduated, I put some stuff in my mom's attic. I, you know, ended up spending a lot of time here and it kind of worked out that I didn't need to commit to somewhere And also the question was also, where am I going to commit to living? That was a big question that spun in my mind for a long time because, you know, I am kind of a nomad at heart and I really do want to travel and I really do want to be kind of wild and nomadic and have these experiences when I'm young. And I mean, that's when I'm old too. Come on, let's be honest. I don't really believe in the concept of settling down. And, you know, so I kind of delayed that decision and I think that was in my detriment for a while because I think not having my own home base that was my own kind of sanctuary in a city that I deemed was like my home, I think that limited my potential to different opportunities that could come up. And this also goes along with what we're going to talk about today in terms of the um, uh, discomfort and good discomfort versus bad discomfort. And I think making that commitment to being somewhere is a form of good discomfort because, well, I, you know, there's been some anxiety swirling around it of like, you know, classic, am I making the right decision anxiety? And classic, like, okay, now I have another level of responsibility. Well, the way I'm looking at it now is it's the best thing that's ever happened to me right now. And it's the best move I could make moving forward with my business and my life and my relationship and my own stability and happiness. Because I've realized that by not having the stability of having a home base that is my own, that has caused a lot of deep-seated anxiety and has not allowed me to flourish in my own social content, in my own management of my business, in my own financial goals, in my own personal goals, as I could have. Even with traveling, even with still ideally, you know, traveling two or three weeks out of the month, which we might get to in a few months here. So the the whole concept here is that I've made this decision to find a route and to establish a home. And even if it's for one year, like at, at literal minimum, it is one year. That's nothing. You know, what is a year, right? Blink and it's gone, which is scary in its own right. But I mean, hey, it's not like I just signed a lifelong commitment that I'm going to be living in Toronto until I'm, you know, 100 years old. No, I just said that I'm paying this rent for the next year. That's all I said. All I said was I'm paying this rent for the next year. I didn't say I'm living here. I didn't make any other commitment other than I owe these people money, right? And I think when you kind of break it down from that and kind of like, step away from the, oh my God, my whole life is now like revolving around this. I mean, no, it's just like a platform to stand on to add that stability. I'm probably rambling about this. Y'all are probably rolling your eyes, but you know, it it was a big deal for me and it still is, but I've made the commitment. I'm feeling really good about it. I've had moments of anxiety and the worry, but it's all just kind of stupid because the end of the day, here's where I want to be. This is where my partner is. This is where I have been spending most of my time anyways it doesn't really make sense for me to live anywhere else right now. And if in a year, if it does make sense for me to live somewhere else, you know, I'll deal with that then. But for now, I made a decision. I feel happy about it. And I'm really happy with how that is going to affect this business going forward. 
big things I'm on top of is my little home office I'm making. This is a one bedroom plus den. My den is going to be a recording studio, filming studio, and the headquarters for all things Cameron Phillips Phenomenal Media, which Phenomenal Media is not the name of my media company because I, I would love it to be. There's too much. There's too many companies called Phenomenal Media. It's too too basic. I've been trying to think of like an acronym or some other business name. It's so hard coming up with a business name. <laughs> I'm trying to make it work. I'm trying to um, figure that out because I want to kind of establish a parent company that I operate all of my media enterprises under. So the vlog, the podcast, and any digital products I sell. And I also want to take on clients for social media management and for digital creative production and strategy for different, you know, small independent hotels, professional services like realtors. I want to kind of build that media empire right now and start from there initially as a form of, well, I was going to say it's kind of a side hustle, but ideally it's going to be my main hustle. But that is one thing I'm really working on and really crafting and I've wanted to do forever is kind of establish and grow a list of clients to do content management, content creation, and strategy services for. And I think not having that stability of the home base and a city that, okay, like I am living here, not having those pieces has stopped me from getting there. And now that, you know, I've, I've established I'm living here, things are opening up from it, which is kind of what this episode is all about. Let me share with you a story. So I have been back in Toronto for roughly a month now. I was gone for a week when I was in Hawaii. But, you know, when I decided that this was going to be where I was going to be fully living for the next year or two or three or maybe more, you know, who knows? I was like, okay, well, it's time to really sink my teeth in and get involved in the local influencer community. And by that, I mean picking up a lot more small jobs, getting invited to events, networking with local PR agencies, forming a community with like getting involved in the community that exists and forming my own community from that because I've been slacking on my influencer like responsibilities. I haven't been curating and creating the lifestyle content that I've wanted to be making. And so much of that too is making the time for it. You know, and traveling is one thing for making content, but if you, you know, I have not allocated the right amount of time for really sinking my teeth in and being like, okay, like, let's do this. Like, let's make this iconic. Right. And I feel like this shift of energy to like, like, let's make this iconic, you know, like I'm really like here for it. And so I was like, you know, part of that. And one of the big pieces that I now realize a mistake, a big mistake I've made over the past two years, maybe one of the biggest mistakes I've made over the past two years is not pitching myself. And you guys know on this platform, there's a whole bunch of other, you know, great minds, great people who talk about business and influencer business. And specifically, let's talk about Julie Solomon, the influencer podcast, who has a whole platform on pitching. That's her one of her biggest digital products. And for good purpose, because at the end of the day, in the media, in the media world, not just influencer, like all media, traditional media, PR, you know, journalists, influencers, what we're talking about right now, social media, it's all a pitch. It's whether the brand's pitching you or you're pitching the brand or the agency. That's how business gets done. It's making these proposals saying like, hey, we want to work with you. You know, what? here's what we can offer. Here's our rate, like blah, blah, blah. And making those connections because, you know, every day around the world, there's, you know, thousands of agencies who are looking to staff or to hire talent for campaigns or looking to find writers for press trips or looking to find media outlets to pitch stories to. And if all of a sudden you show up there, it makes their job easier. They're looking to find people. And for so long, my discomfort in that was rejection. It was reaching out to someone and having them not reply 
which happens, you know, which definitely happens. But the way I viewed that, my mindset was wrong about it. My mindset was, oh, like you're a flop, like, you know, you, you're not big enough to get jobs, like blah, blah, blah. And which is the very unhealthy side of discomfort because you just beat yourself up and that sets you back. That does not move you forward. That does not give you progress. That does not open up opportunity. What that does is that just sets you back because of your own rotten mindset and negative thoughts, which is understandable. I mean, it's hard to be, it's hard to get rejection. It's hard to not get a reply. And it's hard, especially when you associate your self-worth with a brand giving you a check or someone landing in your inbox with an opportunity. You know, that that's a really hard piece. And I definitely fell into that trap and would almost wait, well, did wait for opportunities to come to me. And you know, well, opportunities have come to me in the past. You know, many opportunities, great opportunities. I was not putting myself out there in a position to receive even more opportunities nearly at the level that I should have been because I would, I'd send it, okay, I'm going to start pitching. I'm going to start pitching. So I'd, you know, sit down, I'd craft a great email, send it off to a few agencies, blah, 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 hear nothing back. And then be heartbroken. Be like, okay, well, obviously I'm a flop. My numbers aren't big enough. They don't want to work with me. Like blah, 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 blah. And that's it. But in reality, they'd probably get tons of pitches. It might've been, they were really into it, but I, they, I never followed up or they got too busy. And then all of a sudden five days goes by and you know, time has moved on. I, we never made that connection. So they're not thinking about me. If I had followed up, could have been a different story, you know? And it's also like applying for jobs. You got to apply to 50 jobs for you get one interview, sometimes more, but that one interview or that one job makes it worth it. Hear what I'm saying here? I have done some pitching in the past, but I feel like as my mindset has shifted recently, I was like, okay, well, let me, let me, I need to sink my teeth into this, into the Toronto level. So I quick Google search Toronto PR firms. You can do this any city you're in. New York, they're all in New York, my God. But, you know, even small cities, like say Austin, Texas PR firms, Seattle PR firms, Boise, Idaho PR firms. You know, and there's not going to be as many, but there's some. But you just Google top PR agencies in New York, you know, top PR agencies in LA. You find these contacts and then you go through and you create a great pitch email, which I'm not going to really advise on today. That could be also be a subject for a future episode because that is a whole world in itself. I'd love to get an expert on here to talk about that too. But, you know, I feel like I know generally, I know how to write a pretty good pitch email. I'm sure it could be better, but it's definitely not bad. It's definitely personal, conversational, talks about what I can offer um, and makes it not just a generic statement and really kind of address that agency and what they have that I would like want to work with them for. So again, on this piece of, yeah, I'm living in Toronto now, I'm going to start reaching out. So I went on, found this list, you know, PR firms in Toronto. And the first one I saw, which I recognized the name from, because I just have heard of it around town. I found the contact that they put on their website, put together my, my, uh, my pitch email, just kind of a reach out casual, included my media kit, a sample, one of my favorite videos. And, and that was it. It was just like really simple. My media kit has all my numbers. It has, um, you know, sample images. And then I attached a really good video that I really like a travel video and I sent it off. And from that one email, I had a phone meeting. I had another in-person meeting with a different side of the agency. And I have a third meeting next week, all from that one email I sent. And even if not a single brand deal, not a single job, not a single connection, not a single event came from any of this. I just had three meetings with people 
locally in the industry who now know my name, I have made a personal connection with, and I could reach out to them in the future and it would not be a cold reach out. That is a win. Right there, that is a win regardless if anything comes from it. But most likely, jobs will come from this. You know, they gave me a lot of great information about the Canadian influencer scene and how I'm in a really good position here because I'm a smaller influencer, but there's tons of work for smaller influencers because the Canadian budgets allow for that. That's great information for me. That's huge information for me. And also on top of that, that makes me feel better on the inside because I feel like I'm on a good path moving forward. I feel like I made the right decision by reaching out, a good decision by moving to Canada right now, and feel prosperous about my influencer journey moving forward right now. And all of that came from being dis- being uncomfortable and reaching out on a cold pitch to people I've never met in the industry where they get cold pitches every day from bloggers, media, whoever, and something came of it for me. Let's not undermine the fact that I've reached out to you know, a good amount of people over the past two, three years, not nearly as much as I should have been. Maybe like 1% of the amount of pitching I should have done for myself I've done in the past two years. But I've had tons of denial. I've had tons of rejection. But when I flip the mindset to be like, yeah, of course people aren't going to reply. You know, it's not personal. It's not personal at all. Of course people are going to be too busy or I'm not going to fit what they need and it's, you know, it's just a no reply. It's a Hollywood no, like no response. But... You're never going to get the opportunity if you don't try. So, you know, I pitched, yeah, I pitched this first agency and got all this from this one pitch, but I'm sure I'll pitch five more and maybe hear nothing back. But maybe if I pitch another five after that, maybe I get one more agency that's interested and I have another meeting with someone and maybe it leads to another brand deal. You know, it's really a small amount of time for me to invest in this pitching, but to end up with good results, connections, jobs, events. That's huge. That's huge in any industry you're involved in, but especially if you're trying to make it in the content the content creation world, blogger, influencer, YouTuber, anything like that. And as I, I'm learning more and more and more about this space and crafting my own brand to the next level, you know, it's kind of been, it's, you know, been incremental growth. It's kind of hit a level. It's kind of hit a plateau, but now I'm taking it up a notch in a big way. And so much of that is taking accountability for my own pitching and for making opportunities happen for myself. You know, people say, like, you get lucky. And I've heard this quote. I don't know who said this quote. You know, please let me know. I'm sure, I don't know if it's a famous quote or if someone I know said this, but luck happens where opportunity meets hard work, right? Where hard work meets opportunity, luck happens. Luck is just about what you put into a situation and what you can create, and then when opportunity strikes, and it's a perfect match. You know, that's luck. Of course, there's like blind luck, but if we're really talking about like really luck in terms of making things happen for yourself, hard work and opportunity, and they come together, you know? And for so long, I spent sitting in the uncomfortable place of waiting for hopefully something to wind up in my inbox, rather than taking that 10 minutes, Googling a PR agency, reaching out and introducing myself. And even if nothing came from it, the opportunity to come from it was so much lower than if I hadn't have reached out. And that's the essence of it. That's so important. And we're going to stop talking about the pitching side of this and switch it to that comfortability. Is that a word? That's not a word. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That comfort versus uncomfortable, you know? And 
it's uncomfortable to send cold pitches. It's uncomfortable to meet up with random people for coffee. It's uncomfortable to talk about yourself and what you can, well, some people find it uncomfortable to talk about themselves and what they have to offer, even though I think that is essential for any any walk of life to be able to confidently talk about yourself and you should not be ashamed of you know, what you're capable of or what you have done or what you can do. You got to show up with that confidence and with that, you know, ownership of your abilities. But it's those, all those discomforts are positive because, you know, when you send one pitch email, the next one's easier. When you get a hundred rejections, the next hundred rejections are not as bad. You know, and every time you put yourself through these uncomfortable situations, me signing a lease, me committing to having to spend all this money every month now that I didn't have to spend previously. With that discomfort is going to come so much positivity because I'm establishing a home, I'm establishing a community, I'm creating better spaces for me to do my work more efficiently, I'm going to improve my health, my mental health, my physical health through having, you know, a gym in the building and being on my own timetable and being able to really like take control of my body and really like embrace that. You know, these are all big positive things that I'm really looking forward to coming from that discomfort and the anxiety of, okay, well, now I've committed to this, right? The other side of it where I've been living in a space for the past year is that discomfort of, well, you know, what if everything falls apart? You know, the discomfort of, well, you know, they didn't reach back out to me, so they must hate me or the, oh, like, you know, they're taking forever to reply to this email, so they must not want to work with me anymore or, you know, it's been a month since they said they were going to pay in this contract so they're going to flop and I'm going to be left without the money and then allowing that to spiral down which is you know a product of anxiety as well but it's that ruminating on the negativity and the discomfort of feeling the discomfort of feeling the rejection and feeling that hurt that gets you nowhere and instead it's acknowledging that and having the discomfort to then take another step forward and reach out to another PR agency or to, you know, if you get denied for, if I had gotten denied to this apartment that I did sign the lease for, you know, it's getting back out on your feet and saying, no, we're going to find another one rather than feeling like, oh my God, like I'm never going to find one. Like this is going to suck. Like why is life so difficult? It's like, no, it's like taking that next step forward and be like, okay, no, no, we got to push on. We got to, we got to make this happen for ourselves. And Knowing that it will work out, again, mindset piece, last week's episode, knowing that it will work out and acting from a place of that rather than the scarcity fear, you know, everything is abundant, like it's all going to come back to you, it always will work out in some way, in most cases, you never really know where your life is heading at any point, you know, I always love thinking back on a year from, a year ago from right now and not having any idea of the things that would have happened. And even if I can look back at six months ago, you know, the start of the year, January, and I have no idea what would happen between January and June, you know? And these are all big, big themes that you can take moving forward. And if you just know that you operate from a place of abundance and let go of the scarcity, let go of the not enough, let go of the, you know, nothing will work out, and instead know it will work out and take that next step forward to make it work when things seem like they're not going the direction you want them to go. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. At the end of the day, when people get stuck in the scarcity, the lack, the not enough, that's when you get into that place of discomfort that doesn't serve anyone. Then it's just not good. And you don't want to be there. No one wants to be there. No one wants to be there because it doesn't move you forward. It doesn't move the people around you forward. And it doesn't move your life forward. So this discussion of comfort versus uncomfortable 
God, I keep having a hard time saying this today. <laughs> this comfort versus uncomfortable situations, comfortable versus uncomfortable situations and how you respond to them. I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone in reaching out more, in pitching myself more, in bringing opportunities into me and not being offended or hurt or taking it personally when I don't get responses or when I get no's, you know, because life is filled with no's, but it's the yeses that count, right? You 10 no's, but the one yes is what you'll need and what you're looking for. So I hope this inspired maybe a shift in your mindset around comfort and discomfort. Maybe this inspired a shift in your mindset around pitching yourself and stepping out in your best capacity and capability. Hopefully this inspired you to take a look at your mindset and how you're framing yourself versus abundance versus scarcity. And I hope this podcast inspired you to head to CameronPhillips.net and download one of my freebies. (laughs) I have a great vision planning worksheet and a great mindset worksheet, which are both available for free. CameronPhillips.net slash episode 13. CameronPhillips.net forward slash episode 13. Big things coming there, guys. Also, the weekly vlog is coming back. I'm so excited to be sharing my media journey, documenting my life at a new capacity, and really bringing you guys along for this journey because I think there's a lot of really good things coming. And I feel like what I have recognized is that my life is always exciting and is always full of lessons and stories. But when I stop documenting them, how is anyone supposed to know what's happening? How is anyone supposed to be able to learn from my mistakes and to resonate with me and to be a part of this greater community. When I stop documenting things, when I stop sharing, you know, the community falls apart. So I'm glad you guys are here. I'm so glad we are on this journey and we're all striving to be more phenomenal individuals, phenomenal mindsets and phenomenal businesses. So thank you for being here for Phenomenal Impact. Make sure to check out CameronPhillips.net for more information And I will see you guys next week for a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.